0: Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts.
1: O, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Let's give your parents a call right now.
2: Welcome to episode number 22 of Geeking with the Moms. My name is Nicole Tanner. I am a geeky mom, and I am currently buried in snow, or at least my house is almost. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's fun stuff, which we can talk about in a few minutes. I'm joined by fellow geeky mom, Regina Menemi. Who's not I buried in snow. Not we're buried in snow. <laughs> uh, and then uh, Stephen Dootsman, um, who's editor and founder of Engaged Family Gaming, has snow as well.
1: Yes. Hey, how's it hey. going? Hey,
2: It's so funny. Our weather is like the same.
1: Well, yeah, when does once. that
2: happen? It's wrong, because we're um, on the opposite sides of the country,
1: right? <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah, Welcome. welcome to my hell. Yeah.
2: No, I mean, I know what it's like, you know, I grew up outside of Cleveland, so, you know, I know what it's like, but like what we've had here in Seattle would have been bad for Cleveland. It's just, it's so crazy. Um, and I'm so over it. So over it. Like I was telling Regina, we haven't left the house except for to like go outside in the yard and play for a week. It's cabin
1: fever. It is.
2: Yes. Um, with a child who has not had school, um, uh she had some school last week, but um, has not had school this week. And odds are she's not going to have school tomorrow um, because the roads are still just terrible. Um, and a few people are out there listening that would be like, oh, Seattle, you you guys get a little bit of snow and you freak out. I would like to point out that Seattle is very hilly, yeah. which is something that the Midwest and Northeast generally don't have to deal with. Like, except for, like, if you're in Vermont, I know Vermont has mountains and whatnot. Um, but but the most we of those a lot areas... of fewer
0: people. Exactly.
2: In Vermont <laughs> than there are
0: May- in Maine. Like, places where it's hilly and snowy. Yeah. Don't have 4.5 million people living in 50 miles.
2: Radius. Yes. So there's also that. Yes. Yeah. I mean, one of the reasons we've been inside is like Isaac was trying to go to work last Tuesday and he slid (laughs) down the hill by our house in Uh, the new car. And so he's like, uh, nope, (laughs) nope, I'm out. Not going to do that again. Um, He's possibly thinking about maybe going in tomorrow, but we'll see how that goes. Um, But yeah, this is... (sighs) Uh it's Ugh. yeah i'm we, going to the west coast to get away from this crap Yes. Yeah. <laughs> welcome to
0: global climate change i know exactly yeah <laughs> watching it in seattle because i'm outside portland so we had we had two days we had a we had a big snowstorm we had a small snow snowstorm that i canceled class for because my students I'm i'm not on a residential campus there are not um, dorms on my campus. Uh, yeah. So my students commute. A lot of them commute from like as far as like an hour to two hours away oh, into wow. the mountains of um, Washington, and it can get much worse. Yeah. You know, in and, and you don't realize it. And I didn't realize that when I was first teaching here. You know, it can be rainy or snow showers here and devastating for my students. So. Yeah. I tend to be on the conservative side where I cancel class when I know there's going to be icy conditions. So I, I canceled yeah. because we had a storm that was, it wasn't a lot of snow. It was like two inches, but it was on top of rain already. And so when yeah. I went out that morning and stepped on it, I was like, I am not taking a car. Yeah. onto this." <laughs> yeah. And there's no infrastructure, you know, like exactly. I was the Nicole before we started recording. They don't they don't plow the residential streets in my town and they plow the main thoroughfares and that's it. And there's no maintenance. There's no ice maintenance. There's nothing anywhere except the main roads of the town. And so that just makes it terrible. So yeah, yeah. so we had the one storm and then we had these warnings that it was going to, you know, snow overnight on Friday. And I had a friend who's like, well, let's go out to dinner before we get locked in the house. And I'm like, (laughs) I, I'm not going out to dinner when <laughs> snow is coming. <laughs> I will be in my house before this begins. Yeah. Comfortable. I already went grocery shopping in the morning. I didn't, you know, because I'm like all the, you know, people are posting on Facebook. These like there's this Facebook, you know, sell your stuff group. and yeah. People are posting bananas for $100 because it was like the last bananas. $100. Yeah, and it I was know. Just hilarious. Like I just yeah. thought it was funny um but yeah so she wanted to go out to dinner and i'm like there's no way i'm going out to dinner when a snowstorm's coming she's like it's not supposed to come until 1 and i'm like they don't i don't trust yeah. that and it yeah. starts snowing at 6 here so i was like i feel so righteous right now <laughs> yeah
2: well, like i said the schools here actually like did early Dismissal for all mm-hmm. the kids on Friday because they knew that this was coming. Yeah. Um, and like I like I was saying off the air, we got home, Anna built a quick little snowman in the yard. We went inside and boom, <laughs> it started. It was almost yeah. exactly on forecast because they wow. said it was going to start at one, and we got back to the house at about twelve forty five ish. So, um, played yeah. for a little bit and then it was yeah blizzard.
0: And you've been nonstop since then. You've had what it warm has warm? been? Yes. Yeah. It's so. been
2: snowing almost nonstop. It's raining today um, and lots of stuff is melting. Like there's tons of snow falling off of the trees in our yard. And uh, one of the a huge branch off one of our trees did not survive the first um, yeah. big snowstorm. Have you part it was funny because, you know, Anna gets up over the weekend um and you know she I don't want to wake up with her all the time so I'm like yeah she goes downstairs she plays a game or watches TV or whatever um but she went downstairs and she came right back up she's like mommy one of our trees fell over and I'm like what <laughs> are you serious and so I came down and I mean it was a it was a large branch but it was not an entire tree so <laughs> anyhow oh. Fun stuff.
0: Yeah. Good times. Well, hopefully it will.
2: Hopefully. Hopefully
0: you'll get the warmer temperatures
2: we have. And yeah. The funny thing too, is that um, Girl Scout cookie delivery is supposed to happen on Sunday. I was Um, wondering about that actually. (laughs) So that'll be interesting. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I mean, I've been asking, um, you know, we have a Facebook group of Mm -hmm. our service unit, the cookies specifically. And I'm like, are we, are they, how far in advance are they going to tell us whether or not it's going to happen? And she was like, the the service unit product manager was, she's like, I don't know. She's like, as of now, it's still on. Um, They're talking to the trucks and whatnot. And I'm like, man, like I'm going to have to go down. Oh, but, but yeah, so I'm going to like, people are not going to be able to drive up and down my development
0: mm-hmm. to like,
2: You know, my car certainly can't do it. So it's like I'm going to have to walk down to, like, the main street to have somebody pick me up, most likely. (laughs) (laughs) Oh. Disaster.
0: Oh, yeah.
2: Yeah. Anyhow. All right. So let's – I'm going to stop complaining. I still do feel bad complaining, you know, because I grew up in the Midwest. And so – but this is just – This is like the snowiest February on record for Seattle since like 1925.
0: Yeah, I saw that. I think it's similar here too.
2: Yeah. And it's not, it's the middle of February. So so it could get even worse. But anyhow. All right. I'm going to (laughs) stop. I'm going to stop complaining now. (laughs) Uh, So real quick antidote. Anna finished Kingdom Hearts 3 over the weekend before Isaac did. Wow. Oh, I know. Exactly. She was like, um, I guess, I I haven't played it, so I don't know. She guess there's this thing where you can build custom ships. Um, Steven, I'm sure you know that that's the case. You're muted, Steven.
1: They're gummy ships.
2: Oh, okay. Yeah. So anyhow, so she built a ship um, all by herself, and she went and fought something. I don't know. And she's like, and I got an A. And she was so excited. She came upstairs and told me all this, and I'm like, Awesome. Yeah, I have no idea what you're talking about, but great. (laughs) So, um, but anyhow, have you finished it, Stephen?
1: No, not yet. Oh, so she beat you too. Look at that. (laughs) I mean, I would argue that she has more time than I do.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. What are you thinking of it though, Stephen? Um, I think it's great.
1: I think it's okay. great. My my not finishing it is not based on um my my not finishing it is not because I don't like it. It's just that it's it's long. Yeah. <laughs> um and I'm I'm really not trying to just shotgun the entire thing. Uh yeah. Um the I mean, that's really I mean, that's really what it is. It's just I just I just and not trying to take it all in all at once. I've been waiting 14 years for this game. I can take a couple of weeks to finish it.
2: <laughs> right. Yes. Um, uh, so, so other stuff that's happening here. There's quite a bit that happened um, in games recently. So uh, Apex Legends is out now. That is EA's uh, answer to Fortnite, uh, basically. Am I wrong about that? That's all I could gauge from it. I don't play it, so What
1: I mean, very I mean, a lot of people play it, but it's I mean, it really hasn't caught up to everybody. Um because it just came came out just came out and we had no idea it was coming um until last week. Oh. Um this is this is the first time I've ever seen a video game happen this way. Basically, mm-hmm. Respawn, the people to make Titanfall, yeah. had been working on this game since Titanfall 2. So mm-hmm. this is not like um, Radical Heights or something, which was like a quick pivot from other projects to try and make some money. This is the full development efforts of Respawn for two years putting this game out. And um, it's a free-to-play multiplayer Battle Royale shooter um, with loot boxes, and they said, you know what? We're Respawn Entertainment. We're not making re- uh, Titanfall 2, which we know is going to piss people off. We were just purchased by EA, which we know people are already pissed about. We're <laughs> making a free-to-play multiplayer shooter that is Battle Royale with loot boxes. We're not going to market this game because yeah. the marketing would have killed it because everyone would have been like, well, how are you making money? and be like, well, with loot boxes and blah, 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 blah. So instead... They did the absolute smart thing, which is they had a huge uh, embargoed PR event where they uh, brought in not only traditional media like people from IGN, etc., but they also heavily brought in influencers like streamers, yeah. like Ninja and Laserbeam and Shroud, many of which are names that y'all listening maybe don't even know. Right. <laughs> um, and they brought them in and they embargoed it traditional media was embargoed until the Monday after the Super Bowl mm. it appears that influencers were embargoed from saying the name of the game mm. but everything else they could talk about on Super Bowl Sunday which is cool because um everyone is on the internet on Sunday because everybody's you know look if you're not looking at the Super Bowl um, you. it is very likely that you are looking for the new Captain Marvel commercial or mm-hmm. like that kind of stuff. And it just kind of got out. And then on Monday morning, they launched a stream and they're like, Hey, the game's going to be available at noon deuces. And then they just dropped this game. Yeah. And in a week, they have 25 million downloads mm-hmm. and 2 million concurrent players. That's yeah. So it's crazy.
2: Yeah. Um, but, uh, so st- sticking on EA then, especially since they've, this, this has been a very successful launch. Um, they had, uh, earnings, they announced their earnings, um, earlier, was it earlier this week or last week? Sometime soon. Um, but yeah, they, uh, people were disappointed. Um, and, uh, one of those reasons is because Battlefield Five did not perform as expected, um, although it's still sold a lot. I don't know who's making the forecast for these things. Um, uh, but then also, uh, EA has been uh, not doing well on mobile. Uh, so, so that's the big factor as well. Um, but now they've, they've got this. I mean, everybody seems to be very successful with this business model and this, um, gameplay genre. I'm just yeah. curious when people are going to burn out on it. I mean, I don't think it's going to happen anytime soon, but eventually people are going to burn out on this,
1: um, type of game. So, I mean, well, cause they burn out of every, I mean, well, yeah, you know, one would think they burn out of everything. However, the same people buy call of duty every year and have been doing so for the better part of a decade. So what I think is happening is, um, Fortnite really did push open Fortnite and PUBG you know yeah. um you know yeah they pushed the door open you know yeah. what i mean and there a lot of people piled into that theater you know what i mean um yeah. and they but and they were all only watching one movie um i think there's room for a few more movies mm. and they can pull the audience away from Fortnite by a lot and Fortnite would still be fine. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so this is kind of like the World of Warcraft situation, right? Like World of Warcraft, yeah. most one of the most dominant games in the world in its time. Um, and uh, eventually, you know, it kind of settled down and, you know, people were like, I don't want to play MMOs anymore. But the reality is a lot of those people just want a different game. I mean, how many of those World of Warcraft people are playing Destiny right now? Um, right. So I think this is, this is definitely a change of pace. I was just playing it before this. Um, man, Respawn knows how to make a video game. (laughs) Um, (laughs) it's a great, it's a great first person shooter. Um, Mm. and that is one thing that is a little bit different from Fortnite. This is a first person game. Fortnite is a third person game. Yeah. Um, but the other thing is, um, Apex Legends has the legends in it, which are heroes. So this is kind of like Fortnite meets Overwatch. Mm. And, um, I'm really, I really dig it. Um, the the thing that I like the most about it is the thing that's been getting a lot of press coverage now that people have had time to talk about it is that you could 100% play this game without a microphone um, Mm. because it has a context-sensitive... Ping system meaning um, your R one button or your top trigger. Um, if you hit it, depending on what your reticle is aimed on, your character will say like if you hit it while looking at an enemy, it will say enemy sighted, and it will actually mark the map as to where they are. Or mm. you can look at a gun, and it'll say the name of the gun to your to your friends and put a, a, a thing on the map for them. So I think that's really you know that's really awesome. Uh Um, I think that's, and the fact that I was playing with a bunch of strangers completely off of mics and I was able to communicate with them um, without like really complicated stuff. That's Mm -hmm. really elegant and interesting. I expect that that's, that that's probably going to get ripped off. Um, But yeah, it's really good. Uh, That's why I think it will do well. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of, there's a lot of companies making battle Royale games, right? Um. And the you know the, the ones that are going to continue to do well, like PUBG, was like the king, right. and then Fortnite came in and kicked their butt. Why? Because Epic is much better at making video games than Player Unknown, who was a modder, right? right? Like yeah. he was. A, I mean, and I am not taking away from his talent, but he was really good at making mods for Arma, mm-hmm. and so he made a really badass mod for Arma um, is, you know, like that's, that's one level. Right. And then I think it's like comparing like, you know, like a really, really good research paper in high school to like a senior thesis in college. It's like, they're both (laughs) big projects. Right. Yeah. But like, they're both really big projects, and they could both be really good, right? Like, I mean, there are people that write papers in high school that are amazing, right? Yeah. But like, they're gonna, and, and I say this knowing that you know, all three of us are either writers or, pref- you know, I, we have a teacher who has read this stuff, right? Like, <laughs> there's just a different level of polish and a different level of expectation, even if they're covering the same topics, right? Yeah. yeah. So the um, and this is the same thing, like comparing the team that Microsoft has kind of put around and you know, that that has been put around player unknown to help make PUBG epic makes, they make gears of war, man. Like yeah. these are re, like, these are, you know, like they know what they're doing. And this is the same thing. Respawn is a triple a game developer. They make yeah. really good games. So I think eventually we'll be separating the wheat from the chaff is what's going to happen. And yeah. I mean, with, Two matches of Apex Legends under my belt. Literally just two. Um, this game is gonna be the wheat. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think it'll be this one in Fortnite for a while. Other companies are gonna come out and there's gonna be more. Yeah. Um, but this is a very it feels good, it's fun, um, it looks amazing, and they already have their development plan in pass. They're standing on the shoulders of giants. They tweeted that out, right? Like yeah. they learned a lot from Fortnite and they learned and from PUBG. If they're gonna have a battle pass. No one would know what battle passes were if it weren't for Fortnite. Yeah. So I mean they're adding a battle pass to Smite <laughs> of all things, right? So like <laughs> so many companies are figuring this out, but man, Apex Legends is very good. Um and the good news is it's really it it's not that intense. So like for kids that want to step up from Fortnite and maybe play it, I don't have a problem with that. Um, cool. you know, maybe watch a YouTube video. It's a little it's a little bit more realistic by nature the fact that they are humans as opposed to cartoons. There's a little bit more blood, but it is not that much more intense than, say, Fortnite. Mm. It's not All Call right. of Duty yet.
2: Yet. <laughs> yet. <laughs> <Yes. laughs> um, okay. Um, so switch gears a little bit here. It's funny because we have had the E3 discussion on this podcast A few times, more than a few times, probably. Um, But um, Sean Layden from PlayStation uh, recently did an interview with CNET where he was sort of giving a little bit more explanation of kind of why Sony decided not to do um, E3 this year. Um, And so uh, this is a quote from him. It says, you know, he's talking about how E3 was when it was in its heyday, it was important because retailers came there and they decided what they were going to buy. The journalists came there, decided who was going to make the cover of their magazine. Um, but now all of that's different. And so he said the trade show became a trade show with, without a lot of trade activity. And the world has changed, but E3 hasn't necessarily changed with it. Um, which, yeah, uh, I, I guess, we've, like I said, we've been having this E3 discussion a <laughs> <so> lot. <long. laughs> Um. It's not dead yet. I get, I will I will say that. It's not dead yet. I think I would have expected it to go by now, but Well, but also Microsoft is, is doubling down on it apparently. At least that's what Phil Spencer mm-hmm. is saying. Um, so so yeah. I mean they
0: I mean they changed it and they opened it to the public. Yes. So they did they did make changes, but I feel like they made the wrong changes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I don't think that, that was The way to go to make it more relevant. I mean, it made it more relevant to lay people, but not to the industry. So I guess that's the thing. Like, if its relevance is going to be toward the industry, they've moved away from that.
2: Yeah. So
0: maybe that's what they need to just own up and be a Uh, fan event or more of an event and to call it that instead. I don't know.
2: Yeah. Yeah, because, I mean, even, like, the whole retailer bit, there's so much that's digital now. You know, everything was boxed back then, um, or at least when I started going to. The first year I went was in 2003, I think. Um, But, you know, everything was boxed, and there wasn't really any Internet presence uh, as far as games go. I think maybe IGN had been founded at that time. But that was it. There was no one, no one else. Right. Um, and One up was just sort of starting to start its thing. And the only reason I know about that is because I was at Ziff Davis. Um, but yeah, so most of it was, was magazines back then. And, you know, it was a big deal for the publishers to compete, to get on the covers of the magazines. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see. Like I said, I thought it was going to die by now, but it's not. So I don't know. It is. It is. I wonder if it, if it will make the entire pivot to a fan event.
0: Yeah. Um, I mean, I don't know. That's that's just what kind of occurs to me about it because they made that shift. Yeah. it, took it away from being in. in uh, uh, not. I don't want to say indie event an industry event. Yeah.
1: I don't know. I mean- I mean, so the ESA is going to hold the is going to hold E3 as long as they possibly can. Yes. Um, so they need it to exist um, because it's one of their biggest events. Right. So yeah. um, they're going to do the thing. Um, yeah. So um, is e, so the idea of like, is E3 going to die? I still say no, largely because the ESA because the ESA has money. And they're gonna will it into existence whether it's recognizable to what you and I saw, yeah, probably, you know, probably not. But it, it, it there's gonna be a thing called E3 forever. Um, mm. so with that said, I, I understand what uh, Mr. Layton was saying, um, mm. and I agree with him. Like he said, that the E3 has not adapted, and it certainly has not. Yeah. Um, they opened the door to the public but didn't give the public anything to do, you no, know, and so. <laughs> I was there. I mean, Regina was there with me. I was there for two years. And the reality is, even with an industry badge, we struggled to find stuff to, to do to the point where we're not going this year. Yep, right. Yeah. Like it stopped being killer. worth it financially. Yep. Yep. Um to go. Like we went and you know, the first year it was worth it, even though we really didn't have infinity access because, you know, it was a bucket list thing, right? Like yeah. we wanted to go. And so but now it's like, okay, we've been to the we've been to the place where magic happens and, you know, it was cool, but mm-hmm. we we could probably get three times as much done for ten percent of the price at John's yes. house. So <laughs> Just, just like there are, yeah, I know
2: you don't need to be. I mean, everything yeah. is streamed.
1: Yep. Um.
2: Yeah. You know, and the, you know, at least for for most of us, like the whole hands on thing is like, it, it. I know. I IGN and the the main guys like they still do a big deal about that, but like for me personally, like when we were doing Pixelkin and probably what you guys were doing for EFG is like that's that's not really that relevant. Like, um, you know, people want the news. Uh, unless they, like, know you and trust you, um, like an IGN or GameSpot. They don't really care what you have to say about hands-on gameplay. Um, And even then, like, lots of the quote-unquote hands-on stuff would happen with demos that, you know, would change a lot before they were actually released. So, anyhow, yeah. Yeah. I think you're right, Stephen. I think something uh, named E3 will exist. But another interesting sort of aside to that, which I didn't share with the group, is that the ESA welcomed lots of new members recently, uh, one of which being Wizards of the Coast, um, which I thought was kind of an odd thing. Um, It just got shared through the GeekWire um, people that I talked to. But I'm just curious to see. I I wonder if the ESA is actively courting new members Mm. to sort of, Get some more oh. oomph beside you know in, inside this is
1: them a, and... this is the coast has a digital game now though. it does, um,
2: but still has a digital game. Uh, I mean, I don't know maybe maybe that's just you know completely natural, but the ESA traditionally has been comprised of the big the big guys, the ones who are only um, digital video games. so
1: I don't necessarily disagree. Um, I think that's kind of interesting. It is. Um, but, you know, I mean, it's tough to... That is inter- it, It's tough to say exactly what they're going to do. I, but I agree with, like... I don't know. I mean, he's right that they didn't adapt. But at the same time... Um, at the same time, you know, like, web traffic and streaming traffic. Like, every year, other sites that do streaming and put content up, like... E3 some of that E3 content is the biggest content we put up every year. Yeah. Um and you know it's the same across most channels. You know everything gets an uptick because everyone's excited about E3. You can't ignore that. Um yeah. I think it's interesting that this is an interesting experiment that Sony is doing. Mm-hmm. Um and I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that they don't have to um just decide what they're going to do.
2: Yeah. Yeah, they don't I mean, and he said that in this interview too, that he's like, you know, if we show up at E3, people are expecting us to say something huge. And, you know, you basically yeah. admitted we don't have anything huge to say. So, you know, we're not gonna put that expectation on ourselves. Um, you know, which you know makes a lot of sense. Um, but yeah, so that was cool. That was an interesting um interview to read because Like I know, we had speculated that the reason that Sony wasn't there was because they didn't have anything to say, Um, and he confirmed that. But it was nice to see him sort of confirming because they actually skipped. um, They they do a like a PSX event that they didn't Uh do um, this year uh, because of the same thing, same reasons. So, yeah,
1: it's interesting. It's interesting to see and take. I think it'll be interesting to look back on what he said by the end of the year. Right. Because like yeah. we don't know how because they obviously have to give I mean, He called out a bunch of different ways that they can reveal information. Yeah. So um, it'll be interesting to see, you know, what methods they use. Yeah. You know what I mean?
2: Yeah. And I mean, a Sony doesn't have to worry about this, but there is still the issue of sort of the noise that happens around E3. Um, which you can very easily get buried. Um, I mean, like I said, not with Sony. But if you're like a smaller developer or publisher, you can get buried unless you happen to catch the attention of one of the journalists um, because there's so much there to cover that they just
1: can't cover
2: everything. So, um, but yeah, so there's the noise factor too. Like if it were me um, running a game company, which I don't plan to do ever uh, because (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that would just be a nightmare. Um, I would not want to do all my big stuff at E3. I would pick a time where I can be almost the only um, person in the room um, to sort of make announcements and whatnot, because you just get buried really fast, unless you have something huge. And like, you know, odds are, you know, obviously not happening this year at E3, but probably next <coughs> year at E3 we're going to get the, um, or even before then, the new console announcements are going to be coming <coughs> And at an E3, when that happens, like, forget it. (laughs) You know, that news is just going to dominate everything. So, yeah. And anyhow, um, so, um, so that's all I had for games. Is there something I was forgetting, Stephen?
1: No, I think, I mean, those are the biggest stories. We'll have more stuff to talk about next week. Oh, wait, actually, wait. No, no, no. There is breaking news. Oh,
0: okay.
1: <laughs> um, let's see. Well, we're recording
0: I, this during a Nintendo Direct.
1: No, no. Nintendo Direct is tomorrow. We're was returning. Tomorrow? We're rec- yeah, oh, we're recording this. Yeah, we're recording this. Yeah, no, we're recording this during.
0: I was I was brokenhearted the, for you, Steven. Yeah, I'm like, oh, we're recording hard. in the middle of the yeah. thing. Um, with
1: yeah. respect, to, with respect to you guys, we would have recorded a half hour later. Yeah. Um. <laughs> so, um, okay. So um I'm just trying to get the news out of uh something. Um let's see here. Where's Twitter? Where's Jason Schreier? He can help me. Um, more or less, um, Activision and Blizzard just had their earnings call, and they are um let's see here, they are cutting uh eight percent of their staff, which is about eight hundred people. Um and and it is – and the reason that they're doing it is um, – well, the reason they gave is that it is largely um, to switch from publishing they're, – they are taking publishing and support staff from places like King and Activision Blizzard, etc., cetera, um, and consolidating those efforts within Activision proper and focusing most of their efforts on – um development because one Mm -hmm. thing that they have run into is like blizzard just doesn't make enough video games (laughs) i mean it's just really what it is right like blizzard just doesn't make enough video games they are really kind of slow and i think activision blizzard has like the square enix problem like when you don't put out a game every year or even every other year it can be an issue so um unfortunately 800 people are losing their jobs mostly in publishing, esports, etc. Um, part of me was like, "Holy crap! You can't get rid of Blizzard gotta... esports people, yeah." Because you know Overwatch League, but I mean, the Overwatch League is a big commitment, and that's that was a long term investment. I'm sure that that's not being touched. I'm sure that's just being consolidated into Activision proper, or it is probably its own company at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really frustrating. Um, Man, tensions are high in the industry right now um, because this has been, uh, this rumor started last week um, and Activision couldn't really say anything because there are laws about what they can respond to and what they can say um, in and around their quarterly earnings calls. Yeah. So it was, uh, yeah, this has been, it's been a a frustrating week um, for, uh, you know, folks kind of embroiled in the industry. Yeah. So, yeah.
2: Yeah, um, that's interesting. I mean, it's always interesting to see someone huge like Activision scale down. I mean, and also, I don't know if we talked about this or not, but they've severed, I don't know who severed it, um, but the relationship with Bungie is done. Um, you know, Activision is not going to be publishing Destiny anymore doing that themselves. Um, so that's that's an interesting thing that has happened at sort of the same time. So, you know just wondering how much all of this is is related probably a little bit at least so i mean i don't know bungie spun that story as being like them like taking charge and ownership of their own stuff and you know not being committed to something like that but i'm like really i mean come on (laughs) activision would not have severed this relationship if it was being highly profitable for them they just wouldn't have done it um So, but I mean, Bungie, I can imagine is very expensive to, uh, work with. Actually, I know it's very expensive to work with because one of my, um, friends, uh, worked there as contractor for a little bit, right after we moved up here and like their thing was to like, if someone new came on, they would be taken to lunch at John Howie Steakhouse. Now, John Howie is this crazy chef, um, his steakhouse serves like the most high end Wagyu steak stuff. And we're talking 200 to $300 uh, per meal, if not yeah. more. And so that was the common, we've got a new employee. We take them to lunch here. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, that's insane. Like, I don't even know how that's um, how you could keep that going. But when I told them, I'm like, man, they must have a lot of money to throw around. Um, but yeah, so I don't know. That's just interesting that that happened um, recently too. So,
1: yeah, it's uh yeah. That, the whole bungee thing. I mean, I, I think you know it's possible they might have seen the writing on the wall on this and just been like, you know what, you know, like might have been their idea. I, I don't, I don't know. It's tough yeah. to say. Um, nobody likes it when anybody loses a job. Um, yeah. my hope is that this just means that. And hopefully they all land on their feet. And hopefully this means that the people who have their current jobs, that they get a little bit better. So that's all. I mean, you know,
2: yeah. Movies and TV. We have a release date. Isn't it a complete date? Anyhow, we know that the season three of Handmaid's Tale will be coming in June. June 5th. June 5th. Mm -hmm. it's coming in June. Mm -hmm. (laughs) The main character's name is June. Um, uh, Really excited about that. I'm glad that it's coming um, with a little bit of a space after Game of Thrones ends. (laughs) I thought that too. I was like, well. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, and even like they were not, no one's going to cut into Game of Thrones while it's on. It's just not going to happen. No. And
0: um, it was interesting because the article that you sent or that you put on Facebook. Um, so the, the date that they're releasing it makes them not eligible for, right, for Emmys. Yeah, for the Emmys. Um, and they said it was because, you know, they wanted the quality of the show to be, you know, impeccable as it has been, which is absolutely true. Like, yeah. you know, production values, et cetera. Storytelling, yes. you know, it's all outstanding. Um, but the first thing I thought was like, N- <laughs> N- <laughs> N- yeah, N- I, you know, at two weeks earlier and you're right in the end of, or three weeks
2: earlier, you're right in the end of Game of Thrones. Yes. Now and you, you, would, and you would qualify for the Emmys had right. you done that. So yep. yeah, no one's, no one's cutting in to nope. Game of Thrones. Everybody's just writing it off. I mean, which yep. is the smart decision, obviously, yep. um, but yeah, yeah, that was. I thought the same thing yeah. too. I'm like, oh, they're waiting till June. That's yeah, that's why. Yep. Yeah, so I'm I'm really excited about that. Like I said, I binge the like the whole thing. I still can't believe you binge that.
0: It's like on my <laughs> do not binge list. Like,
1: <laughs> only
0: even know. said and she's like, I'm not sure I can watch another. No, yeah. And I'm, I'm like, just gonna how say did that. how do you not know the end of this story? Like, I have to know how this story. Ends yeah
2: yeah i know um and especially too since uh you know margaret atwood is writing a new book but it's yeah. gonna take place like 15 years after oh. the events of the original handmaid's tales so mm-hmm. it's not gonna have these, so it's not gonna I be, same be characters by yeah. any when and i assume that that's what margaret atwood would do i uh, you know her writing a straight up sequel to something unless it has already been planned Right, um, like the Mad Adam trilogy, I mean, she knew that she was going to write those. I couldn't write going back and revisiting um that just because you know the t v show is popular. I right. she's one of my favorite authors, and she's very respected, and I just yeah. didn't think that that's something that she would do, yeah, um, so um yep. yeah, so yeah, super excited about that, um. They, ju- they just announced the release date. It was like yesterday. So I'm sure we'll get more information leading up to the release. Oh, uh, we could also talk about the um,
0: the trailer that they had at the
2: Super Bowl. Oh, they had a trailer? I didn't even For know. For a handmade sale? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Steven didn't tell me about that. <laughs> oh, really? I thought that I had. I, I um, don't know. I thought somebody else had posted it that you had. Maybe. Uh, but no, Steven it. told me to go watch the. Bud Light it was it Bud Light commercial? Was that who it was?
1: Uh yeah. the Bud Light Game of Thrones yeah. commercial?
2: Yeah. <laughs> this it strikes me as the weirdest partnership. Like Pretty I bizarre. Don't know. it is bizarre because like most nerds, quote unquote, that I know, it, well, I maybe and this is just my circle that is completely different from well, everything else. To be fair, like, you're in Seattle. I'm in Portland. And both of these towns
0: are like, you know, beer snob central. <laughs> so, like, I don't know that we can know nerds who aren't like full on nose up at yeah light of all things. Like they well, at least drink I mean, or something. I don't know. <laughs> disgusting as far as I'm concerned, but
2: yeah, I drank that sometimes when I was in college. But
1: yeah, then- I wasn't. I wasn't trying to like i mean
2: no no i understand no, why i'm just commenting that it was a really weird partnership right the game of thrones
0: and bud light i mean at least do yeah. like i mean i guess they couldn't do guinness that would be too but like guinness is more like what they would drink in the show than yeah bud light is
2: yeah yeah that was odd it was a little odd but I no mean- they did
0: a yeah they did a handmaid's tale and it was um they dubbed over reagan like reagan's speech Hmm. And you didn't see that. We'll have to talk about that yeah. next time. Yeah. No, I didn't see it. I'll take it. Yeah, crazy. Anyway. Sorry.
2: Yeah. No. No worries. Uh, speaking of that Game of Thrones commercial, though, or the, I mean, it was a series of them. There were like what three, three or four? Am I right, Stephen? It wasn't just one. Um. Uh. But yeah, it was so. I don't know. It was. Um, ah. It was just like, so. <laughs> It was, I mean, they were just, like, you know, throwing together lots of the um, pivotal pivotal scenes and sort of memorable moments from the show, like, Mm. all together, you know? Like, they've got the mountain in his Kingsguard outfit, you know, after he has been brought back from the dead. But he's, like, squeezing the person's head, you know, like he does the Oberyn. Right, yeah. Um, And so there were other things, too. Um, But I was just, like, this is cheesy and i thought (laughs) the first one that i watched the first commercial didn't have a lot of official game of thrones stuff in it it was sort of just like medieval type right it was this thing like the fact that their beer isn't made with corn syrup or something like that (laughs) (laughs) um but it just had like medieval things and i'm like this is this is super cheesy like but then like i was surprised when it was like full-on like real Game of Thrones partnership, I was like, man. And it's funny, George R. R. Martin tweeted. He's like, man, the Super Bowl was terrible, but at least our commercial was good. (laughs) I'm like, stop tweeting and go back and sit from your computer and write. Stop tweeting. He's back to work.
1: (laughs) Why bother? Why ask him to finish? He's not going to finish. So why bother sending him back to work? Let's just let him at least entertain us with tweets. He's... (laughs)
2: Oh, man. Okay. Uh, So other movie news. So Lego Movie 2 uh, came out um, was just a week ago, a couple weeks ago.
1: Last weekend.
2: Last weekend. And it did not make as much money as people were expecting. Now, granted... People were expecting a lot. Um, like they had thought it was going to earn uh 55 million in its first yep. days and it brought home 34 million. So that's a significant difference um, from what was expected of it, but still $34 million is not yeah, for a first weekend. Um, but anyhow, so I didn't see it. Did either of you guys go see it?
1: No, but only because there's been other stuff going on. I mean, we're going to see it. Um, I, I don't. I mean, the first one was Lightning in a Bottle. And, and yeah. like, this is, this is like the theme of the last like couple of weeks is um, companies like really over projecting and the world come like $30 million is a lot of money for an opening weekend, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. for any movie not named Star Wars or the Avengers, $30 million is really good, right? Yeah. So, like, it's frustrating like I think I'm getting tired of companies over projecting mm-hmm. um because I don't know where they're doing their math or where they're getting their numbers from you know what yeah. I mean like the it, it, I, so I mean whatever in projection model they're using like guys come the hell on yeah um because 55 million for the movie? I mean the first one was great but yeah Nothing – I mean, as good as it is, like, it's still the Lego movie. And also, like, we've had several – this isn't, like, the true – like, it's the true sequel, but it's not the second Lego movie. They did a Lego Ninjago movie. This is the the fourth Lego movie. Yeah. Um, People are kind – like, I think they kind of – Call of Duty themselves out, you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. The only difference is Call of Duty just continue regularly the best selling game in the world, in the yeah. world every year. Like this is, I don't know, man. I don't know. Yeah. Take your thirty million. Enjoy the fact that you're going to sell all the toys. Um, and it's <laughs> going to have a long tail. Right. Like, this yeah. is the thing about this. I mean, it'll make its money. Yeah. It's yeah. just I think they projected too much. They flew yeah. too close to the sun, guys.
2: Yeah, I think. Uh, you know. Disney did the same thing with Solo I think and yeah, you dude. know it was a like a huge disappointment because it didn't make these crazy numbers but yeah um because yeah. the same, same type of thing mm-hmm. yeah um uh, which is still a shame because I really liked Solo I'm you know, know I'm I'm upset that the that they like just nixed all of the Star Wars Star- story stories just yeah. because um Solo didn't perform as expected which is yeah a bummer um yeah. because everybody had wanted obi wan everybody wanted an obi wan
1: movie um it would would, have been they, hard. they wanted an obi wan movie until they got one and then they didn't want it that's the problem. That, that, star wars is star wars is i don't know man that that's an issue that's a, I, I can't okay. star <laughs> Wars like no matter what it is, there's going to be some vocal minority. They're going to complain about it. And I think part of the issue is like, there's just too much star Wars.
2: Yeah. I think that's the same type of thing that they are, you know, that's happening with this, with the Lego movie is that they've burned people out already before they had the chance to release like the big sequel. So, um, which is the same thing that was happening with star Wars. And I, I do think solo was probably released a little early um, if they had, you know, Left some more time between it and the last Star Wars, I think it would have been different. Especially since like the vocal minority were so uh, upset with Last Jedi, <laughs> I think that that didn't help things either. So, um, so off of Star Wars, but another very popular uh, franchise. <laughs> so, uh, and I, this like caught my attention because. You yeah, know, Anna has been home from school, and so we watched um, *Prisoner of Azkaban* uh, yesterday. She, a, like, she wants to watch that Harry Potter movie specifically over and over and over. That's her favorite one. Um, but anyhow, Ooh. so yeah, so um, Daniel Radcliffe did an interview um, with, I think it was IGN, um, where basically he says that he thinks like it's inevitable that Harry Potter is going to be rebooted um and he's not going to be the only person playing harry potter ever which you know i can understand that i just i would i don't want to see that rebooted i mean there are lots of things i don't want to see rebooted that have happened anyhow but <laughs> 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 i just yeah i mean well, what I, would is, hope,
0: I mean, but they already i mean they did the broadway play so they have the cursed child and yeah. he didn't star as harry in any of those i mean none of them did yeah. From the movies. That's,
2: that's what I would expect is a yeah. movie of Cursed Child with yeah. the original actors in it. Um but apparently J.K. Rowling has said, Nope, absolutely no way Cursed Child is not gonna become a movie. But I wonder how long she's gonna um stick to her guns mm-hmm. about that one. Um will. But, yeah, yeah, that's what I would want, like you know they're all they're all old enough now, they're mm-hmm. like the same age that they would be, um, and you know wouldn't have to like do terrible makeup on them like they did at the end of <laughs> death <definitely laughs> to make them look um older yeah. <laughs> but, um, let me give you crow's feet, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean now they're you know they're yeah. they're as old as they as they would be, so um so that's what I would like to see, but yeah.
0: I don't it'll be interesting. I don't
2: know. I did did you read it? Did you read it, The Cursed Child? No. No. I haven't, okay. I haven't read it because we're I'm reading through them with Anna. Oh right. So we just tack that on to the end and we're gonna right. read after yeah. we're done with Death and okay. We're still we're about two thirds of the way through um Order of the Phoenix. Hmm. Uh we haven't been reading it very much lately. Um, we started again because, again, snow days. we got to try to right. fill our time with something other than TV. So, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So,
0: I don't um, want a movie of that story. I don't want that story. <laughs> oh, you don't? Okay. okay. That after well, you read it. <laughs> oh, okay. Okay. I do so, not say anything. Else, I'm not a fan.
1: <laughs> so, he said that it was inevitable that it was going to be, like, rebooted in some way, and, like, Duh, right? Like,
0: like eventually, yeah.
1: Uh, that was a yeah. nothing burger to me. Like, it's cool that he said it, but like, duh. Everything's being, re- like, so when did those movies start? Like, the first one was... Well, I was in
0: New York in 2001, 2002. Okay, so
1: 2001. Yeah. So, let's do some math. It's been almost 20 years.
2: Yeah.
1: Yeah. Right? Um which is insane. But then again, they were going on for a really long time too. I was going to say
0: there's eight movies. So, you know, that spans more than a decade. So
1: the, um, the, yeah, I mean, it's a ton. Like they, they went crazy, but they were such a big deal and they were based on books that are classics. You know what I mean? Like they are new classics that are going to be taught and involved in, you know, like, like the books that you read quote unquote, like forever.
2: Mm -hmm. And
1: um, so it's really only a matter of time before Warner brothers who wants to keep that license alive. Like they're going to do these like prequel things, but eventually they're not going to work anymore. Yeah. Um, And I think that there is absolutely money to be made in remaking those movies. And it will absolutely happen in our lifetime. Um, you know. Like they can do it. And yeah. they'll. I mean. It, because not very often. Do you get a series. That is a book series. That is tailor made. For eight movies.
2: Right. Yeah. Like,
1: like they already have that business model. Yeah. And they could do it. Better. Right? Like, yeah. film them back to back to back to back. The CG
2: like, would be better.
1: The CG would be better. Yeah. Um, The practical effects would be better because we've gotten better at that. And the fact is, they could, by doing it, they could, I mean, from a logistics standpoint, you know, like, they could, by, if they know that they could make all of them and they greenlight all eight or whatever of them, right? they can make them basically all at once and can and save on a lot of that you know like they could do a lot of stuff um and save on a lot of production costs etc um so that when they all make a billion dollars they'll just make that much more like i think there's more there's more value in dc making another bunch of harry potter movies like true harry potter movies than for them to make the justice league yeah the win yeah, is potentially I, bigger. Right. Just wait.
2: I just don't, <laughs> I just don't I just don't want it. <laughs> <laughs> I just don't well know.
1: That's, I just that's don't
2: want it.
1: You don't now, but uh, in ten years, it will be thirty years from the time that they made the first Harry Potter movie. You'll be very it'll be very different. I don't know. Well, but I don't you're know, especially you're now, weird.
2: I am weird, but especially now that it's been something that I can share um with anna you know and i expect that be going on for a few years because we're not going to quickly read through all those books it's not like you know she's at the age where she can just binge read um and we're going through them together so it's going to be a good probably three or four years before we get through all of the books and so this has been like a experience with her and with specifically these movies and that in this cast that um that I don't think I'm going to change my mind. You may call me weird, but um, <laughs> they they have taken on a new meeting and been new, newly special to me because of the connection with Anna now. Um, so, um, so yeah. So what else movies I didn't, re- uh, I almost forgot to say this. So there's a trailer for Aladdin, um, the live action Aladdin. Um, yep. <laughs> uh, is it, is all right. I mean, as soon as it started I'm like oh hey I love that music like I totally forgot how much I liked the music from it but then man I don't know I know we were uh Stephen said you're gonna be ready to defend him but I don't know I'm not sold on Will Smith as the genie I'm just I'm not (laughs) Regina did you see this trailer I didn't see it I I'm
0: but that's more (laughs) avoidance (laughs) avoidance it's I have, you know, I have a really big soft spot in my heart for Robin Williams and uh, yeah. and his genie is pretty eclipsing as far as I'm concerned. I've looked at, I saw the pictures and, you know, I think it'll be, you know, and I, I enjoyed the Beauty and the Beast live action more than I thought that I would, but I, I just can't bring myself to watch it. I
2: know, <laughs> yeah. I'm like, yeah. um... Uh... No. Yeah, I mean, not. And nothing, I, I wonder
0: what not. Steven has to
2: say yeah.
1: though, because yeah. I believe he's gonna. So yeah. to... Disney, the there was no way. All right, so there are a fair number of people who are like, "Why are they doing the live action thing anyway?" Um, and that they would rather take the development and make you know more animated films. Yeah. Um, new ones. So let's assume that. I can't argue that. So let's assume that decision has already been made and we can't unmake it, right? Like the ball mm-hmm. is already rolling. Every Disney movie is getting a live action remake, period, full stop. They're doing all the, if they're going to do Hunchback and Notre Dame, they're doing all of them. They're, they're right. just going to do them all, right? So um we can't stop the wheel of time. So we just got to deal with it. So um so I'm eliminating that rebuttal because we can't do anything about it. So um, they they knew they had to do Aladdin, so their choices were remove the genie, right? Um, yeah, which is not an option because that's not respecting Robin Williams, right? Yeah. Like the genie was that movie, period. Yeah. Full yeah. stop. Oh, Aladdin yeah. was that. the genie, so you need to have a genie in there. There is so that was an op- so that's an option, but clearly a bad one. Um, find someone who could imitate Robin Williams who could possibly no, do that right. no, without yeah. it coming off flat. So yeah. that means you can't imitate him. So that means you need someone who is good at improv. Yeah. Who can be, um, and who, who has a big enough personality given the opportunity. And I really can't think of anyone else on earth other than Will Smith. Yeah. Um, and I mean that, like, I'm just saying, right. Like he is the right guy for the job. Is that genie going to be like, full of like non sequiturs and like weird references. Of course not. Is he going to be really funny? Cause it's basically just going to be Will Smith. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And that's that for me, like if, if you're expecting like a shape-shifting guy, that's going to like turn from like Arsenio hall into Johnny Carson and make like an et tu Brute joke. Like think, those were all like, a really coked up Robin Williams in an yeah. improv in a voice box doing improv. Right. They, there's no one on earth that can, that can do that and will ever be able to do that. Right. That was a unique yeah. skill. That was his thing. Yeah. So what they needed was someone who is ju- who can improv because I am sure that his stuff is improv, who is just naturally casually funny and I th- I think Will Smith actually fits the bill. Um, I think the CGI is rough, but also, like, that doesn't look finished. Because if you look at yeah. multiple shots of it, they don't all look the same. So mm. they're going to do more. I'm sure there's going to be more effects. Like, I am willing to bet that there's going to be when they finish it. Like, he'll have more, like, kind of smoke and energy coming off of him. Mm-hmm. Um. So, I mean, so that is my defense. That's my Will Smith defense is that he will be able to freestyle – And improv and just be naturally funny, and um, because that there's they couldn't win any other way, they just needed to find someone, yeah. Well,
0: I I don't take issue at all with Will Smith, like, I'm not you know avoiding it because it's him, like, I think you're right, he is he's a brilliant choice for all of those reasons. I just there's certain things that are sacred. Yeah, stupid as it might be to say that Aladdin is it, I saw Aladdin six times in the theater. Wow. Six times. It had like a profound, of that era of Disney movies, it was the one that had like the profound effect on me. You know, I liked Beauty and the Beast, but Aladdin was like the one that I kept going back to, obviously. Mm -hmm. Um, So, you know, it's really just a personal thing in terms of like, you know, people say, You know, they, they accused George Lucas of ruining their childhood with the prequels to Star Wars. And although I, I played Star Wars on the playground and had memorized, still have memorized (laughs) large chunks of the dialogue of the first movie, I'm fine with what happened to Star Wars. Like those are more stories that could be told. I'm not a fan of the prequels for whatever, you know, for that reason, but I'm okay with the evolution of the, the fandom and the stories. And I. But for whatever, whatever it is for Aladdin, for me, it's not it's not Will Smith. It's not anything against him or I think he is a good choice. I just I just yeah hate, I had that hold that one very close.
2: <laughs> yeah. And I'm kind of thinking, too, that like, um, you know, we only got like that one line. Yeah. In the trailer. So it'll be interesting to see like the whole um, thing of it the whole thing, yeah. one of the things that, um, you know, when they started uh, when they did dark Knight, everybody was like, how in the hell is anybody going to follow Jack Nicholson's performance as right. the Joker? Um, and then, you know, Heath Ledger, he took it in a completely different yes. direction. Exactly. Um, yeah. So it could be possible yeah. that that's going to happen yeah. with this too. Yeah, exactly. Um, and I might, so. and I might go
0: see it. I might, you know, but you know, we'll see. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So I am, my, yeah, you know, more emotionally, you know, f- f- centered, perhaps.
1: <laughs> or, I, I mean, I I, I really love Aladdin too. So, yeah. Oh I mean, right,
2: I forgot that that was a thing.
1: <laughs> what.
2: Uh, oh, oh! Are you say? Are you saying Aladdin also? I thought you were talking about Aladdin too. No, because there was. No, I mean Aladdin also. Aladdin I love
1: Aladdin also. <laughs> okay. no, I didn't like Aladdin 2, Although Aladdin three, th- where they What's actually there got was Robin... Third with-
2: one? Yeah, I was with, uh, <laughs>
1: the yeah, where they met like Aladdin's dad or whatever. There was like a crappy second one that 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 didn't have the right genie, and I think they they they. they it's like where you meet Aladdin's dad and. There's some spoiler stuff that I don't want to give out, but yeah, there was there were three Aladdin films. Oh, okay. First one was good. Second was bad. Third one was great. Okay. First one was first one was like like canon, right? But like yeah, the right. second was bad. The third one was way better than it had any right to be. So yeah, it's um, you know, I I, I love Aladdin, but you know, this is gonna be a different product. Yeah. And I'm sure it'll be fine. Will Smith is one of the most likable people on earth. We'll be okay. <laughs> it will be okay. Yeah. Books and comics.
2: I finished reading the winter night Tril- trilogy. The last book in that series called winter of the witch. It just came out and I finished it. And I already want to read all three of those books again. And that has not happened to me since the all souls um, trilogy yeah. happened. So, oh, wow. um, that's it's nice very feeling. good. Uh, yeah, I loved it. I thought it was wonderful. Um, and I have, I've started reading it again. Cause uh, but I'm I'm using the excuse that like the first one was my um book club pick for our right. book club. Right. And that's happening in March. So I'm like, this is my excuse to read it again. I have to be completely fresh on um what's going on. Right. <laughs> oh, but anyhow, very good, highly recommended. Um, it's that like Russian um Fairy tale esque um type elements. Uh, uh, so I don't know. Really good. Highly recommended. Uh how about you guys? Have you been reading anything?
1: Same stuff as before. It's taking oh. me a while to it's taken me a while to get through a new childhood, largely because um I'm I'm really trying to like grasp it because there's just uh-huh. so much good stuff in there. Um but yeah, so that's my th- th- I'm still digesting that. It's taking me a long time. <laughs> But I'm like reading every chapter like two and three times. So
0: Oh. that's valid, cool. especially yeah. given the topic and how it relates to the work you're doing. So
1: yeah, yeah. I mean, thing. yeah. This is this is less pleasure reading and more like I'm reading for a class.
0: Right. Yeah. Yeah. You're that reading, I'm teaching. So, yes. For the work. Yeah. <laughs> <I, laughs> Uh, I am almost finished with The Bridge Across Forever, which I think I had just started when we were um, last talking.
1: Um,
0: And I just need to point out that it is pretty significant that I've made it through almost a 500 page book in two weeks because that's more reading than I've done in a small amount of time since my daughter was born. So (laughs) what I've discovered is that I'm more likely to relax and fall asleep easier if I'm reading an actual book. Yeah. And not reading on my phone, um, right which I think was the big thing that I need, big message I needed to get. Like just being away from the screen is really important. Yeah, can to have my Kindle stuff on my phone, but I just don't.
2: Yeah, that's off. why I have, um, you know, I have a, I have a Nook. I went all in on the Barnes and Noble. They better not discontinue this. Right. But I have the um, the e reader one, mm-hmm. not the one with the backlit screen, right? The but one the flat. Yeah, that's what my Kindle one. was
0: like. My Kindle finally, it finally. <laughs> don't actually even know where it is. I had a really nice cover for it, my mm-hmm. Kindle. It was not, it was the the like first generation, the same right, thing, yeah. the static screen instead mm-hmm. of um um so it just looks like a piece of paper. Right. Um and I had a I had a case that I loved for it um that had a built in light and it was really very contained and I loved that and I read a lot on that. Um and then the case broke and wow. I can't get a replacement for it anymore because this is like Right. Oh, God, it was like 2009, I think, when I bought it. Yeah. So it was like 10 years yeah. old now. I wanted to find a new case. And I'm like, they want me to buy a new Kindle. I get it. Yeah. Um, so I, hope, I bought it.
2: Yeah. yeah. I hope that they don't um, stop making the, the e-reader ones that aren't like tablety type right. Stuff. Yeah, exactly. Because
0: yeah. I don't it, I don't want to fire or whatever that. I like I guess yeah. they're called paper white. Now the Kindles are pa- called paper white. I think you yeah. Can use those.
2: Yeah. Um, but, the book yeah. that I have is called like I think it's called glow light, but it's it's front lit, it's not backlit. So right. there's like a light like at the top sort of in the device that shines right. down on the That screen. shines down on the page. Yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah. That would be hand I wish I would have this one didn't have I think even the option for anything like that back then. And like I said, I really loved that case for a long time, but it it did finally break. Um, so, um, but I've really enjoyed this book. I had listened to it on audio, like an audiobook version of it ages ago. Mm-hmm. And um, I actually have a quote on my um, Facebook profile. Stephen asked me where it came from, because <laughs> it's about how learning is, uh, about how losing is a really important aspect in how we learn. Mm. Um, and the last line is losing in a curious way is winning and so I was like I don't know it was super profound in the time I was reading it so the
2: duolingo owl tells me that it's okay that I learn by making mistakes yeah whenever I make like I get like four um, sentences wrong yeah (laughs) when I was doing the girls
0: who code club that was the biggest takeaway that I tried to give the girls about learning code was when you make a mistake in code it's one of the most valuable things because you have to go back and see where it's broken right Um, and that's that's just as important as being successful with it so yeah
2: yeah yeah yeah, my Duolingo um High Valerian in the the part this the part that I'm in now has not been nearly as amusing <laughs> as the other ones have been. I'm like trying to like get through this one like it's, I'm almost done so where I can jump into like the next mm-hmm. section. Um but uh I would like some amusingness again. Like yeah. there's no no so, well, there have been swords, but they're not referred to as being happy Um, (laughs) and there's like no turtles in in this section (laughs) actually they did throw in they did throw in a turtle like it's the thing that's really nice about that and i do have to give props to duolingo is that once you get to a certain place it starts sprinkling in the stuff from the previous sections just to keep you up on what you've learned Um, right so um so anyhow all right is that it then I think so. All right. Well, that wraps it up. Thanks so much for listening. If you have questions, comments, or any other feedback, you can send an email to geekingmoms at gmail.com. That is also our Twitter handle. I have recently launched a solo podcast all about Game of Thrones, and I'm still in awe that so many people want to listen to me babble about Game of Thrones. Um, It keeps going. I'm just, I'm in awe. Of, like, these, the, that I you get. are um, in the zeitgeist. I am like, wow. Yeah, um, and then, the like, right Isaac is like the other day, he's like, you know, or you must have, uh, you know, you must have been like related to like somebody else. I'm like, God damn it, don't tell me that. Yeah. <laughs> I want to think that I did this <laughs> on my own and not because I showed up as a related podcast. Anyhow, um, but it's going very well. I am currently um, doing uh, recaps of all of the episodes. Uh, I finished season three uh, last weekend. Uh, so I'm in season four now. I still got to race. Got to race to get these done. <laughs> Because I want to be able to do some other episodes, like prediction episodes right, before yeah. it starts. Yeah, yeah, so, um, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, so you can find that on Anchor and Spotify, on iTunes. It's pretty much everywhere. Uh, I got an email for that. That's uh, geekythronesgirl at gmail.com. Uh, my personal hander- handle on Twitter is at Nicole Tanner. Um, so Regina is head geek at the Geek Embassy and also hosts the Game on Girl podcast. Yes. And started a new what are you calling it game on girl game on girl on on go go all right yeah so my short
0: solo episodes also like an anchor podcast um i'm trying to at least do weekly i'm going to try to up that to twice a week um when things a but um but i went over and uh went through the gamer types that i found in my dissertation so the first few episodes focus on each one of the gamer types the last episode that i recorded talked about do the gamer types get along um, because I'm a self-gamer and my husband is a mastery gamer and <laughs> they're games we don't play anymore. <laughs> so <Okay. laughs> um, I think what I'm going to do the next episode as is um, games that all the gamer types like and can play together. <laughs> Cool. So you have an idea about that. So check right. that out and definitely check out Nicole's pieces on the geek embassy yes. um, for about a uh, game of Thrones. And also we're going to have a Valentine's day special, um, right. which will probably be just out um, after when this episode comes out of how to write an effective sex scene, love scene, sex scene yeah. <laughs> by Jay, or one of our writers. So yeah. definitely check that out.
2: Yeah. All right. Uh Steven is editor, founder of Engage Family Gaming. What's going on there, Steven? How many podcasts do you have now? Five? Something well, like that?
1: So we got two that are actively in production, and then we have three that are three, you know, we have more that are coming. Um because I kind of figured out that I like podcasting. Um <laughs> so the um you know the, the two big ones, I mean, th- we have our our primary podcast, Engage a Family Gaming Podcast, which is every other week. Uh, This week's a little bit delayed uh, because we're actually going to New York toy fair this weekend. So we're going to be recording it on the way home. Uh, Linda and I, we have a new permanent host. Uh, Her name is Amanda. She's from superparent.com. And so that has been a wild ride. Um, And the EFG daily commute comes out every day. Episodes are about 10 to 15 minutes long. And I cover, a, you know, a very singular topic. Um, one day I covered two po- topics. I was a rebel, um, but that's kind of what we do. And that is also blowing up. So I'm very happy that people have found it. Um, yeah. So go to engage slash commute for the EFG daily commute. It's published. It's a perfect thing to listen to on your lunch break.
2: <laughs> nice uh, right after you listen to a uh, geeky thrones girl um yeah. and game on girl on the go and game on
0: girl yeah that would i mean that would be a perfect lunch break because it would be like you know that's yeah. a 15 yeah. <laughs> or the
2: drive home or the drive home <laughs> or the drive to you know whatever all right um okay well that wraps it up thanks so much for listening and we'll be back with you in two weeks bye bye